you are listening to Radio Maria and this is Father Toby with the Friar Sight. Um, and let's begin with a prayer in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we thank you for the gift of this new year as we move from Christmas tide into ordinary time. We ask that the extraordinary graces which you pour out into the world through your Son, Jesus Christ, might transform the quotidian might transform all that we do and say and that in everything that we we do we might we might move and live in you lord and thus bring you to all those who we encounter and we ask this through christ our lord amen so uh very happy beginning of of ordinary time to you it although it does always seem a little bit abrupt to me the way that uh you know one minute's epiphany baptism of the lord and then boom we're in ordinary time but we should remember that ordinary time um is not ordinary um rather the ordinary just refers to ordinal um and uh, and a way of counting the the weeks in between those uh sort of great feasts of the of, of the church are sort of the pivot the pivot moments of uh of the, celebrating the incarnation at christmas um and the uh the the passion death and resurrection of jesus uh, at easter um i want to continue today thinking about um new year's new year's resolutions um, last week, uh, when I spoke with you, I, I used a, a very good article in the Guardian by Oliver Berkman, um, and uh, he gave some, I think, shrewd, shrewd advice about New Year's uh, resolutions, and and uh, you know, w one of the the most sort of astute observations that he that he makes, which shouldn't be as much of a surprise to us as 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 it is, um, but. Uh, we shouldn't be surprised by the fact that we find our resolutions uh, hard to hard to, hard to keep. Um, the reality is that it's the same you deciding to be a new you, and um, you don't have to be a, a genius to um, understand why that's why that's going to be difficult. Um, and that's why we have such a great need for for, for grace. Um, to, to become a new a new creation um that's the the difference that christ uh makes he's not he's not a, just a moral um example as uh, certain strains of of liberal protestantism beginning in in 19th century germany have sought to reduce reduce him to um rather he is he is the redeemer of the of the world he's the one who on the cross um pours out um from his blood and makes the the church into into being and makes the church the the instrument of his grace so that we no longer live under our own power um but we live in his power um so to recognize that to change is hard and to fall upon the grace of of christ i think that's the first lesson we we take away and then to recognize that our lives are busy um that most of us are probably not got an, an enormous amount of time just uh you know to do to do whatever we whatever we want particularly if you're working or you have children you're in charge of caring caring for for someone 
And so to, to be realistic um, in what we resolve to do to make smaller, smaller, resolu smaller resolutions. And to remember connected to this, that actually, in a sense, what we, what's most important that we do is to make space for, for Christ. I've, I've drawn upon that beautiful image before that Carol Hauslander gives of uh, Mary as the, the reed of God. And that's what's so important about the reed is that it has a definite shape, but that shape contains within it a space in which God can play his beautiful song of the of the divine love. And so one of the most fruitful things that, that we can do in our in our resolutions is to to make straight a, a path for the Lord to, to create space um, in us for the Lord to do what he wants to do. And and so that's why it, it's important, as Berkman says, to to be to 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 remember to cut out something. If we're going to we're going to resolve to add something to our lives um, that we should also cut out something. Or maybe we need to cut out two things for every um, one thing that we add. And then to be, to be realistic and, and humble in what we choose to add, um, recognizing that, uh, you know, if we decide to be the 90 minute a day sort of prayer warrior in silent contemplation, that that's probably not going to happen if we're moving from a situation now of zero minutes or, or five minutes, better to better to aim for for ten, um, and to be and to be frequent in that. And that's the next point that to remember that to 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 not keep the resolution one day doesn't mean that you failed and that you should you should give it up. Rather, the the goal is to be developing a, a good a good habit. Um, and sometimes for, for good reasons, um, certain habits don't happen on a, on a, on a given, on a given day. Um, but what we want to be able to do is to look at the general pattern of our life and say, yeah, this is happening more often, um, than it's not what, uh, Dan Harris, uh, calls being daily-ish. Um, and I like, I like that. I like that idea and sort of related to that, that idea, not sort of making the next day more difficult if we miss the day before not thinking i didn't do my 10 minutes of whatever today so i must make it 20 minutes tomorrow because actually that puts us off um achieving even just the 10 minutes the the next the next day um but what i want to do now is there was a a list um in another article in the guardian of um some res resolutions uh that you might that you might keep um and and i thought some of them were were pretty good and some were pretty interesting so i'm going to share them with you but i'd also encourage you if um you've come up with any resolutions of your of your own either this year or last year um to to call in and, and let me how know how you're going with that and what you found helpful um and uh what maybe you've learnt from from failures um, so the the number, if you want to give me a call and uh, and speak about that on air, is o one two two three three seven five five six four. That's o one two two three three seven five five six four. And so the uh, the first um, resolution in in this uh, Guardian article, I think, slightly sort of daring, 
um, to me, but I wonder how it might work out. It's uh, it's not setting a morning alarm. It's from a sleep expert, Dr. Neil Stanley, who said that during the pandemic, he found that he didn't need to set an alarm, and now he very rarely does. And it means that he doesn't start the day with the hideous stress of the alarm going off. I wake up naturally when I've had enough sleep. Um, and I wonder for how much of human history, actually, that was just the way that people... Um, woke up. Edward Haddas in a, in a really good sort of credo program just before New Year um, spoke about um, uh, sort of clock clock time that we've invented and, and actually quite how sort of inhumane this is in, in some ways. Um, then the next uh, resolution that somebody gave was to listen to classical music on the radio. He says, I used to listen to the news during dinner but since I switched to music, I feel much less stressed and much happier. Um, and that resonated with me because I've heard how many people have told me that since they started listening to Radio Maria, they just feel less stressed. That perhaps they used to listen to political programs on, say, LBC or, or Radio 4, and it just used to agitate them. Um, but now they listen to, to Radio Maria um, with its sort of you know, jet largely free of, of polemic and uh, and they just feel much calmer because their lives are accompanied by peace and prayer. Um, then a third and a really, really, really important one. Um, leaving my phone downstairs at night. Um, the, sort of the very popular uh, fitness coach Joe Wicks um, contributed this one. And he said he bought a Lumi alarm clock to wake him up instead. And it's helped to avoid him scrolling through news or social media late at night. I sleep better, I feel less stressed, and I am much calmer. Um, I can't stress the importance of this one. Um, as a priest, you realize that phones lead people into so much um, sin and so, and so many difficulties in life. And that's very often sort of with a, a phone in bed. Um, and and we have to realize first of all that like our phones are, have been and the applications on them have been designed by incredibly intelligent people with a very sophisticated understanding of human psychology um, and that there is a vested interest in in making you spend as much time on your phone as possible so that you will always want to have the best phone um, and also from those who produce the the apps so that you will um, you know, buy as many apps or spend as much time on their app as possible so that they generate lots of money through um, selling to advertisers, selling your attention to advertisers. And one of the reasons that I hear people sort of say, well, you know, I don't want to look at my phone in bed anymore. And I'm like, well, don't. Um, and uh, they say, oh, well, you know, but my alarm clock is on it. Um, and I get that excuse, but it's a really bad one buy an alarm clock um, and have the phone away from the from the bed. And if you've got the phone in the bed, the problem is, you know, our phones are designed and, and these apps in such a way that we get little sort of dop dopamine hits. Um, uh, sort of dop dopamine is a, is a powerful in incentive uh, sort of chemical that the the brain releases in, in, in certain, um, or that's production is stimulated in, in, in certain circumstances. Um, and, it's, and it's a very important part of, of habit formation. 
um, and particularly with the apps that involve scrolling um, and uh, and and likes, um, these really really sort of correspond well to the the sorts of things which give us dopamine release. So the problem is if you're lying there in your bed, very very comfortable, and you're scrolling and you're getting sort of dop dopamine hits. Um, frequently it's going to be very very hard for you in that moment to choose to do something different and better um because on a on a sort of physiological level um your body in a certain way is thinking this is good as it gets i'm lying down um in a bed probably sort of warm and under the covers and i'm getting i'm getting dopamine hits this is this is jackpot um, on an intellectual level, we know that this is this is not living, um, but sometimes the uh, the emotions are, are are more powerful than our, our our bodily desiring is more powerful than our rational um, desiring, and uh, and we need to take a sort of drastic action. And so we might say to ourselves, "Well, I should just um, be able to not use my phone in bed. I should be able to have my phone by the bedside table and use it as my alarm and not spend loads of time looking on it. But if you find that frequently the reality is otherwise for you, then just be realistic. Um, buy, a, buy an alarm clock, um, a good alarm clock um, that you can rely upon and then charge the phone overnight in a different room or far away from your bed so that you can't reach out to it first thing in the in the morning and the the Lumi alarm clock that sort of Joe Wicks mentions um this is designed again as, I, as we said in the first one about not setting a, a morning alarm the the Lumi alarm clock and I get I get no get no money money from this Lumi haven't sent me a free alarm clock sadly but the Lumi alarm clock and and there are others on the market are designed so that they gradually um uh the light lights up um to to simulate a, a sort of a natural a natural waking up and so much of modern life is so far removed from our from our natural rhythms so far removed from what comes naturally to us that these little sort of artificial helps to to replicate that um i think are quite helpful um and then the the next one that i'm going to go to before we go to a bit of bit of music um, is uh, buying a pair of waterproof trainers. Um, and this is from Callum Gibson, who's an events worker in East Sussex. And he says, it sounds trivial, but walking whatever the weather means the most means I get the most out of my lunch breaks. A storm gets the blood pumping even better than a sunny day. Um, there's that old adage that in England there's uh, there's no such thing as um, uh, the wrong weather. There's just the wrong clothing. Um, and we do live, even on a day where we're having a bit of a cold snap as we are at the moment, and there was a little bit of snow in London yesterday. I don't know whether... Um, I didn't see any signs of it in Cambridge uh, this morning. Um, but there is, for, for, for most of us, there's there's nothing to stop us being outside most of the of the year and if we can get a get a walk in even in the in the in the rain um you know it rain it rains enough here that if we if we let the rain be the dictator of whether we go outside on any given day 
or not, then we'll spend quite a lot of time um, indoors. But I know for me, it's really, really important to to try and get a, a walk in um, each day. That's the way I, I, I best pray the pray the rosary. Um, and also, I just feel much better for having been from a, a walk. So if waterproof trainers is what it takes to to get you out there, then uh, then, yeah. Treat, treat, treat yourself or uh, drop a strong hint to somebody who might treat you. Um, let's now listen to a little bit of music um, and encourage you after the break to, to give me a call and to let me know about uh, what resolutions you've made. Um, that number to call is 01223 375 564. That's 01223 375 564. Now we've got uh, Make Me a Channel of Your Peace by Alad Jones. Your peace. Where there is hatred, let me bring your love. Where there is injury, your pardon, Lord. And where there's doubt, true faith in you. O Master, grant that I may never seek So much to be consoled as to console To be understood as to understand To be loved as to love with all my soul Make me a channel of your peace Where there's despair in life, let me bring hope Where there is darkness, only light And where there's sadness, ever joy O oh, Master, grant that I may never seek So much to be consoled as to console To be understood as to understand To be loved as to love with all my soul grant that I may never seek so much to be consoled as to console to be understood as to understand to be loved as to love with all my soul channel of your peace 
Where there's despair in life, let me bring hope. Where there is darkness, only light. And where there's sadness, ever joy. Make me a channel of your peace. You are listening to Radio Maria, and this is Father Toby with the Friarside. Um, we're discussing uh, New Year's resolutions. We've been talking a little bit about um, what might make them more likely to actually uh, endure throughout the the whole the whole year, and then just going through some ones that I found. Uh, Interesting in a Guardian article um, entitled A Hundred Tiny Changes to Transform Your Life. Um, I spoke about, the last one was about buying a a pair of waterproof trainers um, so that you get outside more. And uh, actually, Dr. Alex George, the mental health ambassador and TV and podcast presenter, um, she, um, I don't know, actually, it might be a he, uh, he or she says, I find it hugely beneficial for my mental and physical health, which has had a domino effect on my whole life. It means that, pardon the pun, I start every day on the right foot. Um, I know I need to be actually more intentional about doing that, actually, not just not just hoping um, that it will happen, um, but planning how it will happen and i think this is a another thing to think about uh, new year's resolutions and, and generally our, our plan for life um because let's think what what is what is the point of uh, of our of our resolutions well in part we we resolve them because we think that they will make us happier um and our happiness and our and our salvation um our true happiness and our salvation uh, are closely are closely related, but we need to step back and and look at our lives every now and then and and have a have a plan for life. How am I going to get to heaven, um, and how am I going to take uh, those who I love most there there with me, um, and so to to not just sort of live in the in, in the vague hope that uh, that good things will will happen. Um, especially with regards to um, prayer and mass and the other um, sacraments they need frequently, especially um, confession. Um, but to but to actually be intentional about it. And so many parts of our lives, particularly if you're at work, um, you diarize um, meetings um, and and various other sort of uh, you know tasks that you have to complete at a certain time. But do you do you diarize your your time your time with God? Is that a meeting that you take seriously, or is that one you just sort of hope will just happen in the in the space that gets left be, left behind? Um, and it might sound ridiculous. You might say to yourself, "Well, I should just be able to sort of you know pray." Um, but actually, we are slightly when we look at ourselves, we are slightly ridiculous um, creatures. Uh, sometimes and, and we have to be humble enough to to realize that and things that we think we should be able to do um, without putting in the in in the di- in the diary um things that should just happen well if they're not just happening um then we they need to take concrete steps to to make it happen and one of the 
things which psychologists around around habit formation suggest is really effective um and we had to do this during a, a class that we had on um sort of habit formation when i was studying at the angelicum in rome um is to is to write down the thing that you're going to do the time that you're going to to do it and where you're going to 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 do it um and then it can also be helpful to to add a fourth element into into that what will what will your your trigger um be to 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 do it um because a lot of a lot of the things that we do sort of instinctively in our lives that are that are that are habits um we do um as a result of what's called a, a trigger so this 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 happens um and then and then immediately i do this and i i know for me like i i use coffee sometimes as my as my sort of trigger to go and do something else so i'm going to go and sit down and write that talk or i'm going to go and um you know uh write that homily now and i'm like okay i'll make the cup of coffee and then i will and then i will sit down and sit down and and do it um and advertisers and um and 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 sort of capitalist society largely runs on 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 triggers something gives you a little prompt and then you do something else sort of unthinkingly and if you want to learn more about triggers there's a really really interesting and helpful book um called the the power of habit um by charles duhigg um really really interest interesting book um i thoroughly recommend it i found it very insightful um and and a lot of things that he wrote i'm just like oh yes that's so that's so true um that makes sense um so yeah think about planning a trigger but write down concretely what you're going to do when you're going to do it and the place that you're you're going to do it and the thing is once you've done that it becomes much more concrete it ceases to be existing as a as a vague aspiration but has become something real and then when that time when that time comes you're faced with the concrete choice of will i do what i've resolved to do um or won't i do it because the problem is when we haven't actually said this is the time that i'm going to do it we kid ourselves um and we say you know oh, i'm still going to do it i'm just going to do it later um but here we are when it's written down it's happening at this time um that we that when we're saying yes i will i will resolve to do what um you know i thought would be good what i thought would uh, would nourish me what i thought would get me to heaven or i'm not going to do it and once the choice is there i think we're a lot more likely to make the good choice um then uh one that just made me made me chuckle um just uh, you you'll know sometimes with my musical references uh, that uh, yeah i'm stuck a little bit 80 in the in the 80s and 90s somebody uh, said that their resolution was to listen to more music at the gym i'd struggled to turn fitness into a routine but listening to music while working out has made me feel powerful and alive metallica is the best but any 80s or 90s metal does the trick and I remember when I was at, at university um and used to row pretty seriously uh, other people when they were on the ergo would be sort of listening to sort of you know house music um 
or something with a, a real strong sort of uh, beat and uh, I would be listening to uh, Billy Joel um, or something like that. Now if I had my time again, I'd be listening to, to Radio Maria. Um, but uh, but, but music, music um, can, can really help us because music, music affects, the, affects the soul um, and the body and the soul are in, intimately linked. Um, and it can be that things that we, we find hard to do otherwise that with the, the gift of a suitable music becomes possible for us to, to, to do. Um, then the next one I share with you is from a um, lady called Gretchen uh, Rubin, who is an author, podcaster, and speaker. And she says, following the one-minute rule, if there's a task I can do in less than one minute, hanging up my coat, answering an email, I do it without delay. It's astonishing what you can accomplish one minute at a time. Um, and I think that makes a lot of sense because if we let the things that take would take one minute to deal with now accumulate throughout the day, we might think, "Oh, actually, you know, be more efficient if I uh, if I did all these things later." But then the the problem is that lots of uh, one minutes have uh, have now turned into say forty minutes of work, and we quite can't quite at the end of the day face the the forty minutes of work, and so none of it gets. None of it gets done. And it can be a little bit like that with the, the rosary. For some people get, get put off saying um, the entirety of the... Of, because, because they find that saying the entirety of the rosary, maybe they're not used to praying the, the rosary before. They get put off by saying a, a, full, a full rosary because it just seems you know, too, too, too much. Um, but they think that you have to pray the full rosary at any given time but you can always just pray a decade um and i think it's something really really beautiful and important um to punctuate the the day with with decades of the of the rosary um maybe you're out at a, a coffee shop um and uh, the person you're with uh, gets up to to go to the bathroom um rather than than take out your phone and have a quick sort of scroll through and look at messages. Pray a decade of the of the rosary. Um, you're waiting at the bus stop. Pray a decade of the of the rosary. You're on the bus. Pray a decade of the of the rosary. Um, but one one lovely thing um, that uh, Teresa, a lovely volunteer in in a parish in in London, um, uh, the the rosary shrine. Our Lady of the Rosary in St. Dominic's. Uh, Teresa told me on uh, on Sunday that she'd started listening to Radio Maria, and that she just loves the uh, listening to the to the Rosary, and now finds it much easier to to pray the Rosary, accompanied by the the voices on air. and And I've heard that story many, many, many more times from other people. Um, it's one of the the great gifts of the of the rosary on air because prayer is is um, particularly the the rosary I think easier to do um, with other people so it's lovely to hear about that. Um, then one uh, other um, of the hundred resolutions that uh, I'm not going to read out but it just made me chuckle that was number fifteen rescuing trapped bees. 
um, and just made me wonder um, what sort of uh, life is that person living that uh, rescuing trapped bees um, is a regular feature. Um, they're not actually a beekeeper. Um, then the next one is setting my alarm 30 minutes earlier from somebody called Elliot in Oregon. Uh, and uh, they say, setting my alarm 30 minutes earlier, enough time to drink my first cup of coffee alone on the couch. Even if the rest of the day is tiring, it feels like a daily gift I've given myself. Um, and that reminds me, when I was a uh, student brother in Oxford, uh, I used to sort of get up and try and be in the chapel 30 minutes before morning prayer started. And I realized um, that in the, in the darkness of the, of the chapel, um, that I would just most often fall, fall asleep um, again. And, uh, and there's nothing wrong with sort of sometimes falling asleep whilst in prayer. I think there's something beautiful when that happens sometimes. But if, if that's happening all the time, then we've got a bit of a problem because the best prayer is not done sleeping. Um, sometimes good prayer turns into sleeping, uh, but sleeping is not the best time for, for prayer. And so I realized that, well, if I'm always falling asleep in the, in the chapel, um, then I need to, 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 to change something. And so what I would do is I would go and sit in one of the small parlor rooms and I would take a cup of, cup of coffee in there and I would just sit in, in silence with my cup of coffee and pray. And this was my, my cup of coffee with God. Um, we, we live in a, in a relationship with, with God. God is not a sort of an abstract force who I pray to in order that, that good things might happen to me. Rather, God is a, is, is a person who invites me into a relationship of love with him. Um, and so I think there's actually something very fruitful in, and, and beautiful actually in having a, a cup of coffee with the, the God who loves us so much and who does so much for us and just to sit there in silence with him. Um, and on the subject of silence and to bring the, the program to a, to a close, um, partly my mother said to me a little while ago that we don't play, uh, don't play Andrea Bocelli enough on the radio. And so here is La Voce del Silencio, The Voice of Silence by Andrea Bocelli.
sentito nel silenzio una voce dentro me e tornano vive tante cose che credevo morte ormai e chi ho tanto amato dal mare del silenzio ritorna come un'onda nei miei occhi e quello che mi manca nel mare del silenzio mi manca sai molto di più ci sono cose in un silenzio che non mi aspettavo mai